so that we do not lose sight of our dependence upon God. Who is dependent upon God? Really, think about it. Who in this universe is truly dependent upon God? Everyone is dependent upon God. There isn't a single person alive or that has ever lived or ever will live that is not dependent upon God. Even the universe itself is dependent upon God. If God ceased to exist, this universe would come unraveled. This is a part of our worldview. Colossians 1. For by him, that is, by Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things. And listen to this, and in him, in him, all things hold together. Do you believe it? In him, all things hold together. He holds you together. You've been through stressful situations. You're going through stressful situations. And you wonder, how can I hold it together? You don't hold it together. Jesus is holding you together. He is the one who holds all things together. We are dependent upon God. We are dependent upon him even when we fail to believe in him. The truth of our dependence upon God is not predicated upon your response to God. It's nothing to do with your response to God. You are dependent upon him today for daily bread and even the air that you breathe. Every human being depends upon him whether they recognize it or not. Even wicked men receive their daily bread from God. Think of it. He is loving, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Even the wicked receive their food. But we who seek to live as Christians pray this prayer. We pray this prayer as a confession of our absolute dependence upon God. It is an acknowledgement before God that, that everything that we have that causes us to remain secure and that fulfills our needs depends upon him alone. So we confess when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, that Lord, all things, all things depend upon you. So we pray this prayer. We pray this prayer to not lose sight of our dependence upon God. And second, we pray this prayer to say thank you. To say thank you for every daily blessing that he gives to us. When we receive daily bread from God, we're then in, led into a response of thankfulness to God. And this really is at the heart of our table prayers as individuals or as families. 
when we gather at table, we give thanks for our daily bread. We acknowledge him as the one who provides everything that is good, everything that is good for us out of his hand of grace. So we give thanks. We give thanks. We say, God, thank you. We say, God, you are great. We say, God, you are good. You are good for giving us this food and for giving us every other blessing that we enjoy in life. And we receive it, Lord, with thanksgiving. You gather at the table with your family. You pray. I urge you to do so. So we pray this petition to give thanks to God for our daily blessings. But we also pray this prayer to look to God for every blessing. You see, it's easy for us to look in all of the wrong places for a blessing, right? We'll look everywhere but to God to be blessed. You see, God wants us to seek him in prayer for every good thing that he desires to bless us with. You see, this world will tempt us into seeking that which, that which this dying and decaying world offers rather than seeking what God, who is eternal, desires to bless us with today and forever. Guess what I'm saying is this, don't be short-sighted. Don't be short-sighted. Jesus put it this way. Some men gain the whole world when they forfeit their soul. They gain everything that this world has to offer, but they forfeit their soul. Some men seek the blessings of riches and recognition, and in so doing, they lose their very soul for all of eternity. Don't look in all the wrong places for a blessing. Look to God. Trust in him. Seek Jesus. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And your daily bread, your daily bread will be provided for you. So to pray is to look to God for every blessing, not to this world in such a way that we forfeit our souls for eternity. So we look to God for every blessing. Number four, we pray this prayer to pray against Satan. Have you ever thought of this petition? Give us this day our daily bread as a prayer against the enemy of our souls. Martin Luther says this, in short, the devil is sorry that anyone has a morsel of bread from God and eats it in peace. Satan desires that we be deprived of our daily bread and that we not be able to eat it peacefully. And if it were in the devil's power, Luther says, and our prayer did not prevent him, he would not keep a straw in the field, a farthing in the house, Yea, not even our life for an hour, especially those who have the word of God and would like to be Christians. You see, Satan desires that every good and orderly system of government of commerce be disrupted, that we would not have our daily bread. 
and eat it in peace. So when we pray this petition, we pray that Satan would not have his way, but that we would receive our blessings from God. So it is to pray against Satan, but it's also to be generous towards others. We pray this petition so that we have a generous heart towards others. There are people in our own community that do not have daily bread. And those of us who have been blessed with daily bread are under an obligation from God to care for those who are in need within our community. God doesn't want us to be selfish. He wants us to share. He wants us to be generous, to give. You see, time and again, if you read your Bible, the Bible points us towards our responsibility to help the poor. So what do we do here at Maple Park? We bring groceries to church so that families can eat. We provide housing for the homeless. We volunteer in programs within our community that help those in need. Why? Because we truly want to pray and to live the prayer, give us this day our daily bread. Because it's not just about my daily bread. It's also about my neighbor's daily bread. So we are a people who give generously to the needs of others. So we pray in this petition that we would be generous towards others. That no person would lack daily bread. That's a huge, huge atrocity within society when our neighbors cannot eat, especially in such an affluent and wealthy part of the world. But it's also in this prayer we're praying that we would be good and trusting stewards, that we would be good and trusting stewards. Why does Jesus have us say this day and daily? This day and daily. So that we're not greedy or wasteful or worry about the future. So that we would be content and confident in what he provides. At the heart of good stewardship is contentment, being happy with what God has provided for you and confidence that God will continue to provide for you. This is why we give generously. We give generously because we're not anxious about what we have. We know that God has given us a portion and that there is a portion that belongs to him. So we give of that with joy and gladness. So you can give generously. You can give generously, not being greedy or wasteful, but content. Content in the portion that God has blessed you with and confident in God's continued provision as you give generously. Jesus says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Don't be anxious about your life. But he says this, 
But seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first his kingdom, his way, his will, his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I have to share with you today the truth. I've struggled with anxiety, I think, my entire life. Some of you can identify with this. A true struggle with anxiety. Not just being a worry ward, but a true struggle with anxiety. I've been in the place where I've been overcome with fear. Have you ever had an anxiety attack? It's one of the worst experiences a person can have. Been in that place where I've wondered, God, will you take care of my family? God, will you keep my wife safe? God, will you keep my children safe? And that fear has been debilitating. The best advice I've been given to overcome anxiety is this. And it surprised me, and it might surprise you too. The key is repentance. At least it has been for me. Repentance. I went uh, to an unbeliever for some advice. Uh, This person is a psychologist. This is when I was in New York. And uh, he, he didn't believe. But I went to him to seek some peace. And he gave me the best advice I've ever had. He asked me, why are you anxious? He said, don't you trust in your God? Don't you trust in your God? This unbeliever said to me, isn't it sinful in your religion to not trust in your God? The unbeliever said to me, it sounds to me like you're not trusting in your God when you're anxious. (laughs) Unbelievable, huh? What did I do that day? I went home and I repented. I said, God, when I'm anxious, I'm not trusting in you. This is wicked. This is sinful. And what happened? The anxiety was released. So now when I experience anxiety, I say, Lord, I'm not trusting in you. Release me. And he releases me. This may not work for you. I don't want to give you some sort of an easy solution that um, this is a very deep and complicated issue many times. But for me, in my life, it was an issue of trust of repentance and of faith in Jesus Christ. That's what it was for me. And surely for you, that may be the same thing that would help you. And even if it doesn't completely release you from the anxiety, it certainly cannot hurt to say, Lord, when I'm anxious, I'm not trusting in you. Now, ultimately, 
This petition of the Lord's Prayer leads us to the cross. It leads us to the cross of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And he says that I give my life for the world. He gave his life for you. He loves you. He died on the cross and he shed his blood that through faith in him you can know the forgiveness of sins. Trust in him today. Hear these words from Isaiah which echo the cross that is to come from Isaiah's time. In Isaiah 43, verse 1, But now says the Lord, He who created you, the one who formed you, He says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have redeemed you. Your redemption came through the cross of Jesus Christ. He has purchased you, not with silver or gold, but with his precious blood. And he says, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. And he says, you are mine. Trust it. Believe it. You are his. It says in verse 2, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. You ever feel like you're in over your head? Like you're in a swift current that you can't get out of? He says, I'll be with you. He says that the river won't overwhelm you. You ever feel like you've walked through fire? When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. Why? The key, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Trust in him. Believe in him. Lay your anxiety at his feet. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that this day you have given to us your, our daily bread. Our daily bread, not only of food, but of your word, you've given to us the bread of life. And we thank you and we praise you. Lord, we just take a moment now to lay everything before you. To release the stress and anxiety. To give it to you. And to trust in you. So Heavenly Father, for those who are here with us today. Who need to know you as Savior. Pray that you will reveal yourself as Savior to them. That they would repent and believe the good news and find that peace, the peace which is eternal, the peace which lasts forever and ever and ever. It is peace with you through the cross. So in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen.